listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Excited to get to have opportunity. You know, I was just thinking, uh, Pastor Kent, he's across on the other side of the uh, nation, and he's ministering right now, and right now I'm ministering, and this this is like a first moment for both of us. That, uh, And actually, it's really cool because it's uh, a vision fulfilled that I had 20 years ago that I didn't really even quite understand the depth, so that is pretty awesome. Right now, you guys are a part of uh, something the Lord showed me 20 years ago. So that is awesome, and uh, I, I want to say, too, this like a great, like this was a very uh, monumental uh, morning because I got the kids, two kids ready all by myself, and I'm up here all put together, and I'm going to minister the word. That, that is, for any moms out there, like you can understand what I'm talking about, and I can remember um, several years ago when we had first moved here, uh, Kent, our pastor, was out of town, and I was working, and um, I worked one job, and then I went had to go get the kids, and then I called him because it was like a hard day, and it was a late, I got out late, and I was just feeling overwhelmed, and I was like, why are you gone, and what am I supposed to do, and I have to get them to bed, and um, I have, to, and I had a first time, then too, I had to get the kids up, and I had to take them somewhere so that I could go to work, and I had never done that before, and I, I was just, I was feeling overwhelmed, and I was feeling sorry for myself, and I was like, why is this happening, and why are you not here, and I need you to be here, and he, you know, said something to me that nobody really ever wants to hear, and he just said, I'm not there, so I need you to put on your big girl pants, and I need you to just do it, and I was like, you know, you're not supposed to get offended at your husband, but I got offended, and I was like, that is not what I want to hear right now, but it was the truth, and it, it worked out, like, they, the kids, like, they got up, and I was able to take them and get to work, and no problem, so that, that reminded me of that this morning, and then um, I want to thank Kingston, because yesterday he let me spend the whole day preparing, so that was really awesome, and I'm going to say, like, it's pretty cool. I was in pastor's office, and I have worship going, and if you've seen in his office, he's got, like, whiteboard city, and um, for anybody who likes to write, like, I like to write, I was like, I think I'm going to use that, so I found a space that hadn't been written on, and I started making my notes and I had worship on the background and notes and then we got a new whiteboard but I wheeled it in there it's huge and I was like I'm gonna use this too so it was so fun so it was really fun to you know just get to prepare and then you know thanks to Katie for uh, just saying you're gonna do it and like throwing me out in the deep end and here I am (laughs) which reminds me a lot of uh, when I was younger and some, you know, sometimes when you don't want to do something, but somebody knows that you're capable of doing it, that they just have to shove you off. And like probably when I was, I don't know, six or seven, I'm not sure exactly what age 
my dad just said, you can swim. And I was like, no, you can't. And he just tossed me in the water, and I swam. So if I could do it then, I could do it now. So thank you for... Uh, so I got a lot of junk here. This podium is, okay, here we go. Is it quite big? And I'm going to try not to use my notes. So let's just thank the Lord really quick. Thank you, Lord, um, that today is the day that you have made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I thank you, God, for just for the opportunity for the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And just... I didn't need a confirmation, but just how good you are to bring confirmation, just that, you know, I'm, I'm hearing what it is that the Spirit, that your Spirit is saying to your people today, that you appointed this time and you knew who was going to come in here and you knew who was going to hear exactly what it is that you wanted to say to them. That's my heart, God, that these people right now would hear exactly what it is that you want to say to them. So, Lord, I thank you that they have ears to hear what you are saying to them, Lord, and I thank you that I have a mouth that will speak forth the oracles of God, that I will say exactly what it is that you want me to say today. Thank you, Jesus. So, a lot of you may know or you may not know, but... um, I like to ask the Lord questions, not questioning the Lord, but just asking questions, inquiring of the Lord. But I also like to ask myself questions, and I like to ask people questions. So a lot of times if people like send me a question, I'll usually respond with asking them a question back at it. So uh, if you ever do that, you're going to get that from me. Just know that. So I have three questions for you today. Um, what do you want, why do you want it, and what are you willing to do for what you want? What do you want, why do you want it, and what are you willing to do for what you want? Now know that when you're looking at what do you want, that's a pretty broad statement, and it could be you know, categorized in different categories of like what I want for my family and what I want for my life in general or, you know, and sometimes um, I found that it's really good and the Lord wants you to be very specific in these areas of asking what you want. And it's too interesting that it can be, uh, it can change. What you want can change over time. And I thought it was really fun for any of you that know me. I like love to journal. Um, I journal probably way too much, a lot. And uh, I I just, I like to write things down. So I encourage you that if you don't like to write things down, even if you just take time to write down a little bit, it is so fun to be able to go back and see where you were and where you've come from. And, you know, also you get to see, like, the faithfulness of God, like, weaved in your life. And you don't even know that his faithfulness is being weaved in your life. And... One thing that I'll challenge, you know, any of you younger people or any, I mean, anybody, because too, like, even if you're older and you haven't journaled, just think about, um, I, I like to write uh, a hello in my, my journals, and then I, I write a farewell also at the end of my journals, because who knows who's going to read them one day and how that can impact their life, so um, you never know what you're going to say today or go through today that could help somebody in the future. So anyways, um, 
And, you know, my, my hope and my heart would be uh, that my kids one day will read my journals and that they can glean something from it, or my grandkids or my great-grandkids, or I don't know, they get blown away and somebody picks them up off, off the street. I don't know. Whoever, whoever it is that finds them, like, I hope that it could inspire them. So one thing that I thought was so cool, I have this journal. Uh, I didn't really write that much when I was younger. I aspired to because I talked about that a lot, like, I'm going to write, and I didn't. Um, but this I got when I was 16 years old. And so I wrote, this was from 1998 a long time ago but hey now hey now (laughs) especially you younger ones I know um so I I just I thought it was fun to read some of the things that I wanted I wanted to finish high school I wanted to go to college of my choice which at that time was SLU and um I didn't go to SLU I went to Maryville but the Lord weaved his way through that, so that actually is a really awesome story for another time. Um, I wanted to make it all the way through college. Oh, look, number four, get married to Kent. Oh, (laughs) I did it. I did all of those. I want to have kids, but not until I'm done with school. And this is funny, only at the most I want two. Well... I did that. But I didn't ever say what I wanted. Honestly, I I don't think I cared. Uh, Take time off to raise my kids, and then when they get old enough, pursue my career. Um, To just, to never give up on my dad, which I thought is really awesome. Stay in close relationships with my family. This is one thing that I have a heart to do that I haven't done yet, is go on a mission trip. Um, and then this is fun. This is cool. Do something to make an impact on people. So that's really cool. I just thought, oh, so it's really fun to, you know, just write down things that you want. And this is like, wasn't necessarily even asking the Lord what I wanted, but I was just wrote down some things that I want. So, um, and you know that when you begin to say what it is that you want, you, you set a course. And if you've defined those things, you start, you'll start running and you'll start heading on that course. And that will help propel you in the direction that you want to go. And, you know, for those of us who sometimes don't even say or define what it is that we want, we just kind of float. We're going through life. We're saying, I'm a good person. I'm doing good things, I'm being productive in society, but I don't really have any set direction, I just am going forward. Or sometimes, you know, you only, there's only two ways to go, forwards or backwards, because if you say I'm just going to stand still, you're, you're, not, you're not standing still, because life is still going on, and we have a choice that we have to, that we can take steps in order to go forward. And you know, the thing about going forward is it it doesn't mean that you have to know all the steps. It means that you're just taking one step in front of the other, just, just walking it out. You don't have to know everything to walk it out, but it's really good to just, to make a choice to, to go forward. But one thing, um, and I want to make a point with, with this, with my journal is that I hadn't taken time, and you know, I was 16, and you know, I I thank the Lord now that my 16-year-old 
and all my children even now like they get to they get to inquire of the lord and they i'm teaching them to say you know lord what what is it that you want and so my question then is is who are you considering when you're asking these questions and you're defining the things that you want it's not bad to want things and it's not want bad to want um, to do good things and to have a good family and to be productive and to go to college and to, you know, finish high school and pursue relationships. That's not bad, but sometimes are we considering the Lord and the things that we're doing? Because at that point, it wasn't that I wasn't considering the Lord. I just really had never thought to ask the Lord, like, Lord, what is it? that you're wanting, or what is it that I should be asking? And so in Proverbs 14, 12, if you could pull that up here, I have a whole bunch of Bible verses, and I'm just going to read off here. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but but its end in the way is death. So we could be going and doing things, and they're not necessarily even bad things, and they are desires of our hearts, but they're not necessarily God things, and then that says that if you're going your own way, and you haven't considered the Lord, then that's going to lead to destruction, and it might not even, sometimes we think destruction is just like terrible things and bad things, but actually, could destruction be that you're not doing or that you're not in complete and total destiny and purpose of what the Lord is asking you and wanting of you. So I, I want to, and I know that um, I want to talk to you about a moment where this became like a real thing that I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I, I need to ask you. Like, what is it that you want for me? Because you know there are things that God wants for you. And if you pull or look at Psalms 139 and um, start in verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul no knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. These days are fashioned for me, and yet when there was, when there was none of them. And I just think, oh my gosh, the Lord saw you. The Lord knew you. The Lord chose you before the foundations of the world. And he, he says, I have something, and I, I love this. He has something in his book that is written about you. But if we don't even know that he has something written about us, then how could we even know to ask him to begin to reveal the things that are written in his book about us? And if you look um, at Galatians 1 and 15, if you want to pull that up, this is Paul just speaking And we're going to get to Paul here. It says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and he called me through his grace. So Paul was 
he, he realized at a moment that the Lord saw him and knew him. And then if you look in Jeremiah, and this is something that we always quote, Jeremiah 29, 11. Let me get to it here. It says that, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope that the Lord so hopes for you. He so hopes for you that you have a future, that he has a plan, that he has destiny and he has purpose and he wants to see that you get that you walk it out like it's before the foundations of the world because he saw you and because he had hope in his heart because you have to remember hope is the beginning of faith and faith is whenever we don't see something and then we see something so whenever we have hope then we can birth it out of us. And so God, before the foundations of the world, he had hope in his heart for you. And because of that, your birth here. It's so beautiful. I love that. And if you go on to read, for I know the thought, uh, no, that you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search with me with all of your heart. So I just love that. But I want to I want to get back to in Psalms 139 where it talks about that he has a book that is written and that he has things that he desires for you. And that what what would it look like if we began to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you have written down for me that you hope to see? And we posture ourselves before the Lord and begin to say, what is it? What, are, what is written on the pages? I want to know, will you begin to reveal it to me? And when I heard this is like, it struck a chord in me and I actually on my phone or you could do it I, on Google Drive, I downloaded Drive and I have a document and it is labeled my book of life. And I started writing down just different things. I, I, I started writing down when I got born again. And so for those of you who got born again, it's a beautiful moment. This is like a moment that can never be taken away from you. Right now, you are sealed. You are whole. There's nothing that you have to do to get Jesus to love you more than he already does right now. That is sealed. It's a done deal. You can't undo it because it's already done. Now you get to start walking it out. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, about that, about being able to see what's written in the book for you. But <clears throat> thank you, Lord. So, oh, so I started. I I had a document, and I I wrote down my born again experience, and when I kind of rededicated my life, and. Um, just some different things, and if I receive words or just whatever, I started compilating this thing. And it's so fun because whenever you maybe feel low or maybe when you feel like, God, are you even there? Like, you could pull it up. It's right on our phone. We take our phones everywhere. I could click, and I can begin to read and see, oh, my gosh, the Lord does love me. <laughs> he has a plan for me. 
I can do things. I've overcome all of this and I'm still here. So I'm going to continue to overcome and still be in the places that I want. So it's, it's really fun. So I encourage you to, to do that. If it's a journal or if it's on your phone or whatever, just start making, start writing it out. Start, and because this is a cool thing too that you can share with your children of like these experiences that they might not know that could encourage them. And it's also a tool because you see your story is your testimony and nobody else can take that away from you because it's yours. And so it can't be right or it can't be wrong. And we all are called to share um, the love of God with other people. And a lot of times in the most easy way we can share is that we share through testimony, through what God has done for us and through us and with us. And so having it right there, there's like, okay, um, let me share this story with you. And you know, it's just a good place, a tool to, that, that you can use. So I want to I wanna look at Acts and I want to talk to you um, about Paul a little bit. And I, I'm just like so overwhelmed by this story. It's Acts 9. And this is, you know, a, probably something we've all heard and probably read, but the road to Damascus, Paul's experience. Paul, well, he was Saul who became Paul. Saul, who was doing what he thought, he was walking in the way that seemed right to him. And he was doing good in the sight of man, but all of a sudden, he had never considered really the Lord until the moment that the Lord encountered him. Well, he actually considered the Lord, but he was so opposed to the Lord that he was actually killing the people that then he would you know, become. So I think that's funny, a little bit of irony. <laughs> You know, I'm telling you, the Lord is really funny. If you don't know that about the Lord, then you should come inside my head because. (laughs) Well, I mean, really read the word of God because there are some funny things in here. Like sometimes, and the boys probably even, I'll like laugh out loud because I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is the best story ever written. (laughs) So, Acts, and this is going to be like a law of reading, but it's okay because we'll, we'll get through the point. So Acts 9, and we're going to read 1 through 18. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way... Because remember, he was going a way, which was his way, but not the way yet. And it's really interesting to me that he recognized that there was the way, but he wasn't going the way yet. Um, Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I mean, could you imagine being so captivated by the glory and the presence of the Lord that this was a person that you didn't even really recognize as supreme authority, but he brought you to your knees? 
And he said, who are you, Lord? It's interesting. He recognized that he was Lord, but he said, I don't know you. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? So he, trembling and astonished, said to the Lord, what do you want me to do? There you go. There is the question. The question that changed the course of his life forever. The question that made him go so hard in the opposite direction that he was going that he now is still speaking to us for years of thousands and thousands of years later he's still ministering the words that he got from the lord are still today ministering to our hearts because he said what is it lord that you want from me now then the lord said to him arise and go to the city and you will be told what you must do and the men so okay he he was still he was on a path he was going he was still with men that were part of his old way and so he was still just walking this out he came to a point where he encountered the lord but he didn't know exactly what that meant but he was still he still went and the men journeyed with him and stood speechless hearing a voice but not seeing it but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without side, and neither ate or drank. (coughs) Sometimes, you know, is it possible that we needed to be, you know, I believe that in those moments, the Lord was really showing him things and ministering to him unlike any way that he had ever seen. Oh, excuse me for a minute. <coughs> okay. Now, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he was praying. And in a vision he seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Now, could you imagine, this is now another whole layer. Ananias, he's a follower of Jesus. He is a disciple. He is proclaiming the Lord, and the Lord is asking of him, will you go to this man that could kill you? Will you do it? So to me, this displays like a deep desire to say yes to the Lord. A desire. I mean, if now the Lord's so good that if when you say, if people say no, that he'll still make a way. But his heart is, is that we will say yes to him. Even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when our flesh and our mind are like, I could die for this. 
but he still was saying yes okay Lord I'll do this and because Ananias said yes he helped set Paul on the course that he was meant to go on and so I I love that like God is saying will you say yes to me will you be in this place of being radically obedient to my voice that when I ask you to do something you will say yes and you'll just do it because honestly that is the fear of God is saying yes that is what actual surrender looks like is when the Lord asks you to do something hard you say okay I don't know all the answers and all the steps but I'll just do the thing that you asked me to because that actually helps build a trust relationship with the Lord and we can't walk with the Lord if we don't have trust in him but the only way we can trust with him is to say yes to him and walk things out so I just I love that Ananias did this and here he has authority from chief chief priest to bind who who kill on your name but the Lord said to him for go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles kings and the children of Israel so like I think Ananias could have said no before the Lord told him what it is that he saw in Paul. But because he said yes, the Lord revealed to him why. Why it was that he needed to go do the things. So sometimes, like I said, it's just, it's just a simple yes. Like, just a yes. <laughs> and I've been walking out a journey of yeses. This right here is a yes. I will do the thing that I don't want to do because I said that I will say yes. So I had to say yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And I, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. I love that. I just, I love that you could be going so much one direction, and the Lord in a moment can change everything. And even like, for those of you who just said yes to the Lord, this is a moment where you have this encounter with the Lord where nothing will ever be the same, where you get to start walking out relationship and destiny and purpose with him. <clears throat> so I have kind of, oh, I, well, actually, I have probably several road to Damascus experiences, but one that honestly, it, it set me so hard on the direction towards the Lord that I can't not go towards destiny and purpose any longer. There's one where I just cried out to the Lord that I, 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 need, I need to know I don't want to just live half in and half out. Where we're walking and we're like, okay, you can have this part of me, but you can't have this part of me. And I'll surrender this to you, but I'm not going to surrender this to you. And I still want to do this, but I'll do this for you. And I won't do this, 
but I, and I can't do that. So, you know, there's just, it, it, that's the part where like the lukewarm, where we're not fully surrendered and we're not fully devoted. And it's not because we don't want to be, but maybe it's because we just don't know how to be. Or we just haven't said, Lord, I want to be so privy to what you have written in the book about me that I don't want to do anything other than that. And this moment was, it, it was a, a very trying time and, you know, in my life and, and, and pastor's life. We had just went through um, the chaos and whatever being, being fired and, you know, now looking back on things, you know, the enemy, just like with Jesus, if the enemy knew, if he was privy to the whole plan, he would have never tried. Because he doesn't want me going this direction, I can tell you that now. And so we, we made it through that. And honestly, like, I felt pretty prepared. Like, I had been spending time with the Lord, and he said, don't let your heart be troubled, that I'm going to make a way. And so I was upset and angry or whatever. But then at that point, too, we had also, we, we were pregnant. And um, I we had a miscarriage and so we have a baby in heaven the Lord told me that I couldn't say that I lost a baby anymore because they're in heaven so they're not lost <laughs> but I was in so much pain internally and honestly I just wanted somebody to take that pain away from me that just I don't know why it's happening we were believing and we were praying and I, I don't know why we, we, we miscarried or, or whatever, and I, I'm completely fine. But like in that moment, I was hurting so bad that I just, I, honestly, I wanted Kent to say something or do something to just take that pain off of me so that I could go, just go on with life. And I was, I was laying on the floor, I was crying, and I was like, Lord, why why is this happening to me <laughs> this doesn't seem fair <laughs> i've given my whole life to you know just the process that we we go through with the lord of like back and forth and i remember a testimony from uh, melissa helser and she was saying that she had a moment where she was dealing with something so unbearable that she was saying also to the Lord, like, will you take this from me? And he said, I need you to get up, and I need you to open your mouth. And in that place, it's going to lift from you. But, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get to that place where you're like, I don't want to, but I know that I need to, but I don't know how, and you just, you just do it. So I, I got up. And I just began to sing and praise the Lord. And I, I put such a draw on the Lord. In this moment, I said, this actually didn't cause me to push the Lord aside, but it actually drew me into a deeper place with the Lord where I was like, I just, I want more of you. I need to know that everything that we have been about and everything that we're doing isn't in vain or isn't right or isn't real. And so I, the Lord brought me to Jeremiah 33, 3. 
And because I believe that I, I just, I put such a draw on him like I had never drawn on him before that he showed me, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And at that place has begun this journey where I have just deepened a relationship with the, the Lord and walking out and saying, Lord, I need, to sh- I need to see these great and mighty things and I want to do what it is that you want me to do. And that word call means to like speak out, to yell out, to say. And I, I think at that point I was like, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> I need you. I don't want anything else. I want you. And the burden lifted, and it started just this this journey with me and the Lord where I just, it was deep, deep. I was like, I want deep things. I want to know the great and mighty things that you have for me. I want to know the mysteries of the things that you have hidden, not from me, but for me. I am willing to say that I am not over here and I am not over here on the line, but I am over here and I will pursue with everything in me, with all intensity, with all my life for the rest of my days after you. And so I begin to ask the Lord, What is it that you want for me? What is it that you see in me? So, let's see. Okay. I I might be as long-winded as pastor here, because I could stop there, but I have a little bit more. Um, So, let's then re-look at these questions. What do you want? Why do I want it? And what am I willing to do for it? Because... From that moment, I could begin to say what it is that I wanted. I wanted, so if you look in Acts 17, 1 through 6, it says, and I love this, oh my gosh. Now, when they had passed through, I'm not going to, these towns, and came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of Jews, and Paul, as it was custom, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again for the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in uproar, attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These are are these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So what is it that I want? I want to be the one who turn the world upside down. I want to be a person who goes into a place and shakes it up and leaves it not the same. I want to be the person that whenever I speak or share a testimony, it causes something to break off somebody else. 
I, it causes a visible change in the place that you were, that the people who can't stand the Lord are like, these people are making the city a wreck. You know, I mean, and not like a wreck, like, oh, they're destroying things, but like people are not the same anymore. The people are changed. We have these fanatical people who are just like going and laying hands on people and they're laying out on the road and people are getting born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, people's lives are being transformed. That is my heart's desire. And why is it that I want that? Because so you, it's very important that you define your whys. You have to define your whys. Because if you don't know why it is what you want, when what you want gets attacked, you'll, you'll be, you might stop because it's hard and it's difficult and there's things that come that want you to to get you derail you to get you off course but when you know why it is what you want then you will be driven and there won't be anything that can hold you back and also it helps you to remember what you're about because so I I know Jesus and I know what he did for me and what he's doing for me and what he will do for people around me. So that is why. So that they know first, that they have firsthand experience. And you can see this in Acts 10 and 34. If God will do it for me, he's not a respecter of persons. What he did for me, what he did for Paul, what you see him doing for other people, he will do for you. And then in Philippians 3, I did not mark this in my Bible. I do not know why. Philippians, can you pull this up? Philippians um, 3, 9, and 10. And he, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith, faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. That in that knowing, that to know him is like a firsthand experience. And when we have that firsthand experience, nobody can take that away from you. And then I also, my why is because I want to advance the kingdom of God here on this earth. And that's, that's Jesus' heart. That's God's heart, that none should perish. And that word perish there is the word destruction. It's not just that they're going to die and go to hell maybe, but it's that they wouldn't live out their purpose and destiny in him. But they would have eternal, and I love this. If you look in John three sixteen, that word eternal life Actually, the word eternal means the quality of God's life at work in a believer presently and in the future that is only sustained by God himself. God himself. So it's actually not just living to get to eternity, living on hell here in this earth to get to eternity one day, but actually living that eternal purpose out right now and I love that like that is that's God's heart for us 
And then to know because that we were created in his image and in his likeness. And if we were created in his image and in his likeness, then we have a piece of him to share to other people. We are. You see, God needed vessels, and we are the vessels. And he needs us to be the person that goes to the other person and shows them his image and his likeness through our lives that we are joint heirs, that we have a royal identity in Christ, that we are seated in heavenly places with him, that we are co-laborers with him, that we are sons and daughters of the God most high. And you can see that in Romans 8, 15 through 17, Revelations 5, 10, 2 Timothy 2, 11, and 1 Corinthians 3, 9. So then the question begs, I know what I want now, and I know why I want it, but what exactly am I willing to do? (laughs) Because those are big things that I want. And actually, so don't freak out when I say this, but it looks like death. It looks like the way of man versus the way of God. And here's the thing, that our our flesh, our carnality, the part that we see, the way we, you know, do things, that doesn't like the word death very much. Because it doesn't like to give up things that it likes. I mean, come on. So, let's look at Proverbs 4, 10 through 13 in the Passion Translation. And if you haven't read the Passion Translation, read the Passion Translation. Okay, my son, if you will take the time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. I have taken you by the hand and in winsome ways pointing you in the path of integrity. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction no matter how hard it is to swallow for wisdom will snap you back into place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. It's the way of the Lord. And guess what? This death isn't a one-time thing. It's actually a daily, sometimes moment-by-moment process that we go through. I mean, come on, we all know what I'm talking about. In 1 Corinthians 15.31, Paul said, I die daily. And then in Galatians 2.20, it says, no longer that I live, but Christ that lives in me. And let's actually look at that. Galatians 20, and pull up 21. Because 20 is that I no longer live, but Christ that lives. So why don't I view God's grace as some, or why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral? And I love this, minor or peripheral. And when you think about periphery, we're like looking at things out here. And we're not contemplating like God's way being the way, but sometimes like, oh, if it fits what it is that I want and it goes along with like, what I'm desiring at this moment or what I'm seeking, that, that then it can be in front of me, but until then, you know, I'm just thinking about, oh, it's over here, so whatever. No, it's like full out saying, I want 
what you want, Lord, and I'm willing to walk in your ways. And then in Colossians 3, 3 through 11, I just love that also. I don't think I'm going to read that because it's a long. But in 11, it says new creation life not being, actually pull up verse 11 because I can't read my notes. (laughs) Colossians 3 and 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian. No, that's not the, what I was wanting. He was just being, being saying, you know, it doesn't matter who we are that we're all children of God. No matter our nationality, no matter if we're male or female, God views us as his children. And that we are a new creation and that we have life in him. And that as we begin to renew ourselves on a daily basis, that we will be renewed into the likeness of the one. So this sounds a lot like, what Jesus prayed, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Not my way, God, but your way. Even Jesus, he had, he had to go before his father. And you see this several times in the New Testament. I, I, need, to, I need to remember the Greek word. It starts with the P. But it's actually where Jesus went and he began to say, not my will, but your will be done. And he began to switch his will with the father's will and in that place of switching wills you divinely align yourself with the kingdom of heaven here on this earth and we begin to then see a manifested the manifestation of abundant life of what it looks like to live from a place of being in the kingdom in a place where we're not shaken in a place where we are not swayed by what is going on around us but in a place that we're so in tune with with God and the Father and him wanting to advance the kingdom and him bringing his life here, that it doesn't even matter what we want anymore. We become more about what he wants from us. And then here's one other thing (laughs) that the Lord, that we, that it looks like, which is surrender. And I want to read you what surrender looks like. It's in um, spiritually and means that a believer completely gives up his own will and subjects his thoughts, ideas, and deeds to the will and teaching of a higher power, which we know to be God. Surrender is willful acceptance and a yielding to a dominating force. And here's the thing, because if you, if you look in, in that verse, in, in Prov- or it's in Psalms, I think, where he'll give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. But sometimes we're like, I'm, I'm desiring something and I'm not seeing the thing that it is that I'm desiring. But is that your way? Is that man's way? Is that something that you're wanting where the Lord is like, actually, you don't need that thing because that thing's going to kill you or crush you or get your focus off of me or lead you to this destruction I mean, we don't like a lot of times to think like that, but sometimes we're like, why, is, why am I not seeing the thing that it is that I'm wanting when really maybe that isn't the thing that you want? And sometimes I have found personally that if I will lay that thing at the feet of Jesus and I say, Lord, honestly, I like 
this or I want this. This is something that I would really like. But then stepping back from it and saying, honestly, Lord, what I want is what you want because honestly, you have my best intention at heart. You know for me right now in the season that I am what is actually good for me. The thing that's not going to crush me or consume me, but the thing that that it's going to be okay. And when you lay that down and you switch and you surrender it to the Lord, it's it's so wonderful how all of a sudden, if if it is of God, it'll stay there and you can pray it out. But if it's not of God, like all of a sudden you just you don't even care about it anymore. It's like whatever, you know. So I I love that. It's also Romans 12.1, offering yourself as a living sacrifice, which to me looks a lot like obedience, which says we're saying yes to the Lord. We're being that like John the Baptist. <laughs> when, when we say yes to the Lord, we're actually preparing the way of the king. Amen. And that is what I want to do. Yeah. That's my heart to prepare the way of the Lord. Like if I go before somebody else because Jesus has gone before me and I'm walking in that way, then you're making a path for somebody else to come behind you that they don't have to work so hard because you've already carved the way. And this is John 3, 28 through 30, which just says less of me and more of you, God. Obedience is fearing God over man, and fear, fearing God is the beginning of all wisdom. Yeah. And wisdom was with God at the foundation of the world, so I know this, that wisdom is pretty awesome. So if you're willing and obedient, then you get to eat the fruit of the land, which is what Isaiah 1.19 says. So my question then to you is that, Are you willing to lay down the things that you want? And are you willing to ask the Lord to begin to actually consider what it is that the Lord has for you? Are you okay with saying, this is what I want, but ultimately this is, I'm asking you, Lord, what it is that you want for me? And that as you will do that, then you'll get to begin to walk in destiny and purpose and in destiny and purpose with the Lord you feel the most fulfilled and you have the most fun. And I'm not saying that it's always easy, this walk with the Lord, because it's not, because we always have this flesh and and we have pressures of this life that are like coming on us and coming against us. But in all reality, I don't want to do life without the Lord. I've done life without the Lord, and it's so much better with the Lord. So, amen. Yay! (laughs) Well, let me pray with you and send you out, and I really look forward to testimonies. Like, I love hearing people's journeys. I love, like, sharing and fellowshipping, and so... If you go out and you do this and you begin to ask the Lord to show you like your book of life, uh, tell me, tell me how 
he encounters you and how he meets you. And, and also for those of you who ask the Lord to into your life, we have a book um, that we want to get to you. And if you didn't have somebody pray with you, please um, get one of our ushers and make sure that, you know, we, we can pray with you because we are so excited that you made a decision to follow Jesus. <laughs> it's not even just a decision to follow Jesus because that's actually a decision as believers of Jesus that we have to make every day, each and every moment of our day. But it's the fact that you no longer have to worry about um, not spending the rest of your life with God because you you do get to now. So that's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for these saints, Lord. Thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that it is alive in our heart, that it is rhema to our heart, Lord. I thank you that today could be a day of a Damascus, a road to Damascus, Damascus experience where we experience you and how we were we came in here going one direction and we leave going another direction because we're seeking after you we're seeking you so that we can bring the peace of your kingdom here that we can bring God thank you God for your faithfulness to us Lord I thank you that whatever we face this week because we will face challenges that we do it with all joy knowing that you have gone before us and that you have made a way when there doesn't seem like there is a way God I thank you that we will be thankful and we will sing praises to you all of our days amen be blessed you guys Thank you for listening. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.